I sat there still for two hours, clutching a knife in my hand, and prayed that I wouldn't hear anything else. Welcome, listeners. I'm the one known as Cool Josh. I'll be hosting you during your time here at Off-Brand Horror. Today, Kristen will tell us two stories that will make you never want to go camping again. And Josh will make you look over your shoulder to make sure there's not a stalker behind you at this very second. All credit to the writers of these stories will be linked in the description below. After all, we don't want to take credit for work that someone else has done. We'll always let you know the difference between our stories and someone else's. Because you know what happens when you steal content, right kids? You feel real guilty shaming? That's right. You go to hell. So when your kids ask you, Mom, Dad, can we stop for scary stories? You can tell them. We have scary stories at home. Welcome to Off-Brand Horror. Good afternoon or good evening. You are listening to Off-Brand Horror. I'm Kristen. And I'm Josh. And today's episode is Something in the Woods. That already sounds eerie. Mm -hmm. So, as you may have noticed, uh, we couldn't hold back on decorating for Halloween already. (laughs) Uh, We want to put some lights up behind us too, like some orange lights, hopefully. Um... Because next week is already October. We're already there, guys. Can you believe it? This is what we've been waiting on. This is what people who listen to this kind of content are waiting for. It's Halloween season. And it's it's here. We wanted to start a week early. Last week of September. So we went ahead and we started decorating. Uh, We have this cool little globe with the eyeball for those who are listening. Give Um, it a shake. Give it a little shaky. I wonder if the camera could catch it. Yeah, I don't know. We'll see. <laughs> there's little bats in there. But there's little bats that fly around. So that's cool. And then we have our little pumpkin men, uh, pumpkin over here. And then most importantly, our countdown to Halloween right here. This will be here every episode counting down 34 days, I believe. <laughs> if you did your math right. If I... You guys hear my hamstring pop uh <laughs> 34 days i've just verified <laughs> by looking at what i said earlier we are 34 days away from halloween so uh we are getting close um but with that being said i guess let's go ahead and get into your story Kristen. that i know absolutely nothing about you gave me pretty much zero detail so let's go so I stumbled across this pretty cool subreddit um, called Backwoods Creepy. Ooh. Yeah. 
So uh, I got two stories for you. Uh, this first one, username deleted, so okay, don't know who posted it. Uh, let's get into it. Let's do it. I could give you a million times as a kid and young adult, I felt scared or paranoid playing in the woods. It's a beautiful place, and I spent my entire childhood getting lost out there by myself or with friends. As kids, we never got too far out there, but you could actually see the progression of us venturing further and further as we got older because of forts and carvings we would leave. This one particular time, my friend and I had just graduated high school. It was our last summer of freedom, and we spent the entire summer camping and hiking out there. We had decided to try and find a new place to set up camp and walked for what felt like a few miles before we came to a nice clearing. The area was relatively new to both of us. We got the camp set up and fire going, and the plan was to wait until nightfall, smoke some weed, and play Monopoly. <laughs> All right. Which sounds like a weird combo, Monopoly. Yeah, I would not be able to focus on Monopoly. Are not you kidding me? I don't know what it's like, but still. Well, yeah, but I, I know what being, you know, under the influence of something is like. Yeah. And that's... <laughs> wow. <clears throat> My buddy is a smaller, really goofy guy, but comes from a family of foresters. Smaller? <laughs> I... He wanted to give some background of them, I guess. But when you... <laughs> like a smaller, goofy guy. <laughs> hey, it's me, the small goofy. <laughs> oh, I'm the little guy, like from Portland. From Portland, yeah. <laughs> you know, I'm, I'm the little guy. <laughs> um, yeah, so my buddy is a smaller, really goofy guy, but comes from a family of foresters and always had a deep understanding of all the trees and different plants you came across. He had no fear of going and camping out by himself. If I spent 10,000 hours in the woods, he probably spent 50,000. As for me, I'm, I'm a taller, sturdier guy, and as we got older, I spent more time worried about women in sports, and the woods became a place for small parties. Also, I never had the balls to camp out alone. In fact, older me wouldn't go far <clears throat> at all when I was alone because I could never shake the feeling of being watched which was just paranoia, but still an uneasy feeling. Yeah, uh, I would not camp alone myself. No, absolutely not. Uh, anyways, camp is set, fire is going, but it's getting uh, lower and needs wood. Sun is down, and we're both cutting up and having a good time. My friend is sitting on this little chair he always brought and loading up his makeshift bong. <laughs> <laughs> and I was crouched, breaking some excess limbs off some of the logs we had gathered for the fire. All of a sudden, this strong breeze cuts through the clearing. I couldn't tell you if it was the suddenness of it or what, but my friend and I both stopped immediately and looked at each other. The breeze went just long enough to flicker our fire down to a small flame. We both sat completely still in almost total darkness. Neither of us said a word. Across from us on the other side of the fire, we could hear footsteps. They sounded like somebody was running and would slow to a walk and run again. Why? Yeah, I don't know. That's weird. And it definitely sounded like they were on two legs, whatever it was. By the sound of it, they were pacing back and forth over the same spot. Then just like it started, it stopped with a softer crunch on the underbrush. I knew by the sound it had taken a crouch. <laughs> I was crouched still and knew I was staring right at it in the dark. My friend grabbed my shoulder and said, buddy. And when he did, I felt this surge of fear come over me. 
I could feel it and hear it in him. I had been so fixed on the footsteps and rationalizing what I heard that I hadn't even considered being afraid. But this was true fear. It was raw and made me feel helpless. I could hear my friend after a while grab some leaves and he dropped them on the fire. For a split second, the leaves covered the fire. We were in pure darkness. Then the fire sprang to life. We both quickly grabbed more leaves and brush and threw it on the fire. I got some sticks and logs on there and neither of us took our eyes off the spot or moved much for over an hour. Finally, the leaves crunched and it slowly walked off. Whatever it was had sat crouched, watching us, without moving, for far longer than any animal would. It wasn't until after the footsteps disappeared that I realized the smell had disappeared as well. It smelled like a paper mill, spoiled eggs almost. For the rest of the night, besides whispered remarks, neither of us really moved or stopped looking at the spot. Neither of us went into the tent, and I had very short, light sleep, sitting on the ground with my head rested on my hands. My friend never went to sleep. In the morning, we packed up and silently walked back home. To this day, we talk about it in the seven to eight years since it happens. My forester friend has not camped by himself out there since. God, that's creepy. Yeah. And it's weird because, like, not much actually happened, but it was, like, enough to put you, like, on edge. Like, like, something that shouldn't have been there or, like, something else was there watching them. Crouching, just watching them and walks away. Like, in pure darkness, too. Like, if this was a human, like. So, like, it had to be an animal, I'm thinking, but still, like, and then, like, to realize it had, like, a really strong smell with it, too. Yeah, like, what smells like rotten eggs? You said rotten eggs or just, like? Yeah, it said, he said similar, so. uh, What the crap? I don't know. I don't know much about animal smells, so I don't know what that would be. Weird. Yeah. All right. So, are you ready for the next one? Yeah, so this is a double feature, huh? Mm Mm-hmm. Well, I figured the first one wasn't like, you know, long enough, so mm-hmm. we'll do two. All right. Number All right. two, also the theme of the woods, right? Yes. Which, same. funny enough, I was at a friend's house, as you know, last night, and his wife was saying that she's terrified of, like, the woods. Ooh. So. <laughs> and, like, you had already planned, like, you told me, like, all you told me was, like, woods, stalker. <laughs> and that was all I knew. And like when she said like she was like, Oh yeah, I forget the village or something was a movie she watched when she was younger and it said it freaked her out. And well, so I hope like, this gives her a good spoof. <laughs> I feel like the second story is a little scarier. Ooh. Mm. So this one was posted by Outdoor Soldier. I think it was like two years ago or something. <clears throat> I'm a seventeen year old guy currently living in Phoenix, Arizona. This incident Uh, took place around six months ago on an overnight trip into the Superstition Mountains, which are about an hour drive east of Phoenix. This particular trail I was taking was an eight-mile loop through a canyon. Pretty simple in-and-out overnight trip. So this is actually called the Superstition Mountains? Yes. That's funny. (laughs) (laughs) I had planned to go with my friend, but a last-minute cancel on his part left me on my own. So, with a packed bag and car ready to go, I decided to go on my own. Not leaving the house on time and some trouble navigating rough forest roads, I didn't arrive to the trailhead until around 5.45, which for those of you who don't backpack, this is a very big no-no. So, it sounds like it's already starting off like with some signs like, don't go. (laughs) (laughs) I had about a four-mile hike until I would arrive at my planned camping spot, and it was getting dark fast, so I figured if I moved quick enough, I could get at least two to three miles in before I had to find a spot. 
This strategy left me hiking a very dark trail on my own with about 15 miles of dirt road between me and anyone else. Hiking in the dark by itself is scary, especially for where I was especially for where I was and being on my own. Eventually it got so dark that I could only see where my headlamp was pointing and that's when I figured I needed to stop and get a camp set up. Only using the headlamp as my light source and trying to move fast. I ended up in a less than ideal spot but there were some burnt pieces of wood and the remains of a fire circle so it looked like people had been there before but definitely not recently. My first priority was to get a fire going. I scanned the area around me and was able to find some dry wood and got the fire going. I got my tarp set up and cracked open a can of chili mac I had brought for myself and was very much looking forward to eating. Did you laugh? Yeah. <laughs> chili mac. I'm hungry, so I'm good. <laughs> I was feeling good, my camp was set up, and my food was on the fire. The feeling of uneasiness from the hike-in had almost gone away, but it was still there. Side effect of camping alone in remote areas. The site I had picked was a small clearing surrounded by large pines with the trail about 30 feet to my left. When you're in the woods and have a fire going, the fire casts a circle of light around it and everything on the edge of that circle and past it are pitch black. I was sitting on the ground near my fire eating my dinner when a small rock about the size of a marble was thrown into my camp. What? Yes. I would be panicking <laughs> if something threw a rock at me. Throw the backpack back on. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I looked at the tiny rock in shock as I was positive that I was the only person on the trail at night. I immediately turned my light on and towards the area where I had seen the rock come from, but due to the density of the pines and brush, I could only see about 10 feet. I spent the next 15 minutes in disbelief as I scanned the tree line that surrounded me searching for what or whoever had thrown the rock. Not daring to stray far from my fire that in hindsight offered me a false sense of security. After sitting back down and spending the rest of my time on high alert, I was able to convince myself that I had somehow kicked the rock or it had fallen from a tree. I went to sleep that night not expecting the pure terror that was about to unfold. I woke to the sound of rustling leaves, barely audible if you weren't listening for them, but they were there. Still in a sleepy daze, I listened as the rustling of leaves got harder to hear as I assumed they were moving away from me. I went to grab my handheld flashlight that I left next to me when I'd fallen asleep, but the more I looked, the more scared I got as I came to realize that it was no longer there. I stood up in my sleeping bag and ducked out of my tarp and looked around. I was able to see a light off in the woods. It couldn't have been more than 15 feet away. It was my flashlight, laying on the ground in a pile of leaves. What? This is one of the few moments in my life where I almost soiled my pants, but he said the S word. <laughs> Kristen doesn't cuss very often. <laughs> it doesn't feel right. <clears throat> The flashlight that I had left sitting ne uh, right next to me when I had fallen asleep a few hours ago was now 15 feet away from me, past the tree line, in the woods. I hurriedly slipped my boots on, clutching my knife in my other hand and keeping my head on a swivel. I weighed my options, stay here and wait out the night, or attempt the three-mile hike back to the car in the dark. I figured that whatever or whoever was out here with me was definitely going to have a better advantage if I was out on the trail without a light. 
so I decided to stay at the camp and wait out the night there. Eventually it came back. I could hear it walking through the woods. It was far off, but I could hear it. It sounded like someone leisurely walking by, like they were on a stroll without a care in the world. Sometimes it would walk far away and I would lose the sound of its steps. But then, an hour later, maybe two, it would return, still faint as ever. This went on for about three or four hours until I heard the steps get closer and closer until they're about seven feet away from me. At this point, the fire had gotten very small as I had run out of wood in my pile. The footsteps stopped and everything went totally silent. I was, I sat there still for two hours, clutching a knife in my hand and prayed that I wouldn't hear anything else. I stayed like that until the sun cast enough light that I could see that I was alone in my campsite. I packed my things and I speed walked the three miles back down the trail I had taken. I arrived at the empty dirt road where my car was parked and nearly sprinted to it as I unlocked it. I jumped in and drove and didn't stop until I had put at least 20 miles between me and that place. I stopped at a gas station in Apache Junction to buy a Red Bull, but mostly just to see and talk to another person. As I exited the store, I saw something written in dust on the back window. Sleep well? Sleep with a question well. mark. Yeah. Oh, with the question. So sleep well. Yeah. So like whoever was like. So someone just tormented this guy yeah. and then made fun of it. Yeah. <laughs> what the heck? A lot of weird things have happened to me on my various adventures through Arizona, but this is the weirdest and scariest by far. So I thought I'd share it. Yeah. Yeah. Like. So that's pretty messed up for like a person to torment someone like on yeah, a camping trip. Yeah. So I guess like during one of the times when it walked away or they, they walked all the way to their car and then came back. Yeah. God dang. See, we had this conversation last night too. I was telling you, I was at a friend of mine's house and we actually had this conversation where we were like, what's basically what's scarier, uh, supernatural or like real, like real people like gore and like someone like, you know, stabbing you and like. I think most everybody said uh, real. the real, and then there was um, another friend's wife who said, uh, which you could probably put the puzzle pieces together. I don't want to put anyone's name out there, but uh, the other friend whose house we were not at, but he was there. His wife was like, "I supernatural stuff like scares me, like ghosts and stuff like that," and like I can understand that too. Because it's like, you can't fist fight. <laughs> That's true. The feel, ghost. Yeah, like I feel like a haunting or like something supernatural is more of like a psychological scare. Mm-hmm. But, but humans. But that is also terrifying yeah. to have a human. Like Plus, Michael have... Myers is freaking, it's a top movie for a reason. Like yeah. that could happen. A and the psycho things that humans do to each other, is... especially like, you know, Humans are the greatest monsters. Yeah. I don't know what the term for it would be, like insane people or like, yeah. Yeah. And like the way yeah. they torture people, like serial, some serial killers. Yeah, like, yeah. Mm. stuff like that. Yeah. Yeah. Oh my God. Freaking terrifying. Well, uh, you told me to look up a topic that had to do with like, you were like woods, stalker, like find what you can, whatever you want to, so that I could have a story. So I have a story about uh, a stalker. 
um, that I will talk about after this commercial break. All right, guys, uh, we wanted to um, use this commercial break as an opportunity to talk about something that is going on uh, in our lives right now. Um, the Smiling Man has been seen by multiple people in our community where we are living. And the media won't talk about it. Um, the local news won't talk about it because it's they're blowing it off. They're saying, you know, supernatural mumbo-jumbo, right? These people have gone missing. And they're saying, you know, they're trying to blame... Like, these are runaways, basically. And, um, but someone that we know, a friend of ours, uh, we received a video from them, and we're just going to play the video for you, but we have to warn you that the footage you're about to see is very disturbing. So we don't know how that video got sent. We received it. They were messaging us saying that they kept hearing noises and they were having like the whole sleep paralysis thing. And then they went into their garage and they were like, we're going to go check this out or I'm going to go check this out. And they went out there. And we got that video, and that's the last we heard of them. And I don't know if they were able to hit send as they were attacked, or if the thing that got them hit send. I don't know. I don't know what to think. Um, but of course, she's just another name on this list of missing people now. So we're doing this as a PSA. Uh, lock your doors, especially if you're in our community. Uh, be on the lookout for the smiling man. This is very real. This is very creepy. And coming up on Halloween season two, it's terrifying. I don't know what to think. I don't know what to think. But uh, stay safe out there. And that's it. Let's get back to the show. Thanks for staying tuned, friends. Where we left off, Kristen had just told us two unsettling stories about camping out in the woods. Next, Josh will tell us a story about a college kid being stalked his freshman year of college. Please beware the smiling man and enjoy the rest of the episode. All right, welcome back to Off-Brand Horror. Um, so I have got a creepy stalker story for you mm, don't like it don't like it don't. So this, this is like real life right yes mm -mm. this is a real story 
um, that I found on our favorite website, reddit.com. <laughs> Uh, this is from the uh, Let's Not Meet subreddit. And um, this is posted by RingOB82. RingOB82. So, this is posted nine years ago. Go on. Yeah. This is my stalker story. And I lived so far. My freshman year of college was one of the funnest years of my life. And some of my fondest memories are from that year. But it was also the scariest and strangest year to date. I'm 31 now. This is thanks to one story in particular. There are actually a couple more I may post some other time. August 2001. Like most freshmen, I live in the dorms at a state party school. I opted out of the good school I got into. I guess I had a little steam to blow off after graduating from a military slash college prep boarding school. Plus, after a sports injury, I didn't exactly have any specific plan for life that went past Saturday night, if you know what I mean. A good buddy from military school, Bill, went to the same college and lived a few floors below in the same dorm as me. So of course we were getting the party started before my parents' exhaust fumes had evaporated from the parking lot. For the most part, the first month or so of college was pretty much like that. It was normal. I went to most of my classes, partied about every night, chased girls around, and that was enough for the moment. But things began to change one night sometime in mid-September, and college for me would never be normal again. My dorm phone was a landline. Only Zach Morris carried a cell phone in 2001. Get over it. <laughs> rings in the middle of the night. So his dorm phone rings in the middle of the night. Hello, I say. On the other end, I can only really describe this voice as the kind you picture when you think of a computer talking. Kind of like the early model car GPS voice. It says, try to do the voice. It says, Hi Gary, how are you today? Not fully awake, I'm just confused at this point. Who is this? It repeats, Hi Gary, how are you today? It becomes clear I'm being fucked with. God. <laughs> so I hang up and I chuckle. Bill, nice one. And I pass back out. I end up forgetting about the call for a few days and never mention it to Bill or anyone else. About a week later, I get another call from around the same time of night. Hi, Gary. I'm watching over you. Nice, very cliche. Seriously, Bill, how are you not knee-deep in Everclear or a Tridel to this hour? Enough already. Cade, who is my roommate, is going to start getting pissed. I hang up. I casually confront my oh-so-clever amigo at breakfast the next morning, purposely not trying to bite too hard to give him a payoff that might have incentivized continued calls. I also wasn't 100% 100% sure it was actually him and not another one of my douchebag friends. 
He seems to give a genuinely confused response when I approach him. Whatever. A couple days after a second call, I come home and see I have multiple messages on my answering machine. What? I barely even knew that thing worked. It is, who I'm now going to refer to as CVG, or Computer Voice Guy. <laughs> Computer. <laughs> this is the message. I'm going to let you know that my message cuts off the first one to two seconds of the message, which tells me that this was a bot set to play the message upon answer. So basically he's saying he played the message and he actually missed the first couple words, but he put together what they were trying to say. Uh, and he thinks it's because this bot was programmed to, as soon as there's an answer, start talking. That's know, a lot of effort. To have a bot do that. Mm-hmm. So, uh, this is what the messages say. He, he listens to the first message and it says, Hi, Gary. I am watching you. Message number two. I thought I asked you to answer my calls, Gary. Message number three. Where might Gary be on a Tuesday night? Okay, so one of my friends is clearly an asshole <laughs> or bored enough to really push for a reaction here. The next day, I played the messages for Kate, my roommate, who was around during the calls, which were apparently earlier in the night when he was still awake. He'd been a close buddy since we were in junior high, but we'd sort of taken separate paths after high school. So anyway, he's aware that I'm a wild child and thinks nothing of the first couple messages. By the third, he was a little spooked. I then walked down to a couple other buddies' rooms and casually, but immediately, bring up the subject. Nada. Over the next couple days, I press all close and semi-close friends, but get zero answers and zero suspects. I'd be mad. Because <laughs> I probably would still feel like one of them was messing with me. Yeah, like it has to be. It's like it it's has the gnome. To be. Yeah, exactly. Fess up. Fess up. Get this over with. The calls start coming more frequently over the next couple months, starting at once a week, then to once every two to three days, up to every day by Christmas break. I don't say anything to my family at this point, although I really, really should have. What started as a decent beginning of college turned into not showing up for any classes, tests, nothing. Grades reflect, and I am now too busy answering for a 0.67 GPA to talk about some dumb prank that would likely be dismissed as a pathetic attempt at grades explanation. So he doesn't want to tell people because they're like, oh yeah, you're just, you're not paying attention in class, you're partying, and now you're trying to say some stalker is the reason that your grades are bad. Uneventful break and back to school, determined to become a new man. I gotta get my shit together with these grades. <laughs> So I tell Bill I'm going to have to chill out and focus on school. First night back, I get my spring semester call from the computer voice guy. How is your family in Cyprus? Okay, now this is bullshit, man. Oh my god. What kind of douche lords am I hanging out with? that even have the discipline to drag this prank out for this long. <laughs> I get the answer to that question a few days later, and the answer was none of them. The calls became threatening and downright dark. 
I'm very interested, Gary, in being close to you. Yeah, even with that weird sentence structure, that's how it said it. <laughs> I have tools I can bring. Tools? It is going to be over soon. One day I bring Bill and all my other buddies up to hear the messages. I never deleted a single one. I guess when things happen over longer periods of time, you don't really feel the cumulative impact until laying out the complete package of evidence. The guys are in shock. I guess I should mention that some of these guys, or some of these calls, got really specific in making sure to note specific details about my parents' address, as well as the violence they are planning on doing to me. Cut open your esophagus, Gary, with a butter knife. And all sorts of other crap like that. It's all blurred together through the hundreds upon hundreds of calls that I got over the school year. A chick friend of mine that I'd really that I really liked in high school named Layla. <laughs> Sorry. A chick, a chick friend of mine. Yes, ain't. The way this person talks. Talks, yeah. Um a chick friend of mine that I really liked in high school named Layla goes to a different school hundreds of miles away. We've reconnected thanks to good old AIM and talked from time to time on the phone. I remember AIM. <laughs> Computer voice guy had mentioned a couple of times, Your friend. And made threats about this unspecified friend from time to time. But your friend turned out, or t eventually turned into, Your friend Layla. Layla and I are the only two people ever named in these calls, but it did get me wondering if this was a new lead to the source. Layla is clueless when I call her about it. Awesome. I know that background was long to read, but you'll understand why I had to explain the situation when I tell you about what happens next. One night we're all partying and drinking at some hotel. A different buddy, Carl, has a nice big truck that we'd go everywhere in, but he'd passed out drunk at the hotel after pounding an entire bottle of whatever the crap. I'm not drinking tonight and want to get back to my own bed. I snatch Carl's keys to drive back to campus, thinking I'll drive back in the morning to get everyone. This was one of the few times I'd even driven that year, so I wasn't tip top on my directions. I make an early turn and am somehow down a road I've never seen I realized this pretty quick, but I figure I've got the general direction of the campus peg so I can just continue down the wrong road until hitting the familiar highway that I knew and I'd eventually come to the campus. I'm finding myself in open fields, still a paved road and everything, but aside from the road, there was absolutely nothing and it was completely black around 3 a.m. There's this really strange four-way stop I come upon. Strange because I'm probably the fourth person in a year to drive on that road. Unnecessary? Anyway. <laughs> Why is there a four-way stop? Uh, anyway, I trudge along, eventually get to the familiar highway, and home free. A few okay. days later. Get nervous, like, because you put that detail in there, like yeah. something's going to come up. <laughs> A few days later, computer voice guy interrupts his usual depraved, threatening messages to mention that specific four-way. 
the specific day and the specific time that I was on it. Which, like I said, was around 3 a.m. and there wasn't a soul in sight. Around March, this apparent rendezvous became Computer Voice Guy's focal point, and he'd make sure to let me know the day uh, was close. The calls were coming in no fewer than 10 to 15 every single day. Seriously. The ringer was now off out of courtesy to Cade, and I turned down the volume of the answering machine as his phone calls recorded. But I finally get the message I'd been waiting for. We will meet in front of Coleman Hall at midnight Wednesday, 27 April, and we will take our friendship to the next level. Of course, everyone wants to be a part of this juicy story, and there's a pretty ridiculous amount of testosterone floating around the dorm on game day. This was real-life creepster and legit horror story unfolding before their very eyes, and groupthink will subvert caution if properly motivated. Uh, these guys are ready to defend me with their lives, just ask them. I had decided earlier that I was not going to allow all these knuckleheads to shadow me, but I could definitely use them in case of emergency. I didn't want to risk spooking him out of the meat. So I let them know that they would need to stay inside the doors of the common area while I walk out to the meeting spot. Coleman Hall was adjacent to our connected girls dorm and about 300 paces outside door to door to get Coleman. The witching hour came, so I leave the crew to begin the longest couple hundred or so paces of my life. My boys can see me through the glass doors but wouldn't really be able to see much once I get to Coleman Hall door. About a hundred paces out from my spot, I observe two things at the same time. One, some kind of small quick movement in front of the patio walkway that goes all the way around the building. And two, the movement was in a spot along the walkway where the only normally uber bright bulb was out. I'm not exactly sure exactly how I was <laughs> how I was able to see him, but I suddenly realized someone is crouched behind one of the bushes outside the patio perimeter, against one of the building pillars. In dark clothes and a hoodie, he is a few feet off from the path where I'm supposed to meet him, and positioned to where I really should not have been able to see him, given the pillar blocking uh, any shadow, plus the burnt out I later found to be smashed light. In fact, I could have easily walked all the way to the door without ever having noticed him. But when I do notice him, I sort of jump mid-step as this happens, and I see him raise up a little, thinking I might have seen him. I see him raise up and take a step towards me, and fight or flight hits. I've learned that my particular fight or flight chooses fight in more mild situations, flight during intense situations, but for shit your pants situations, it's scarier to run away with your back to whatever scary thing you're dealing with. So I fight. Before I realize what I'm doing, I'm in a dead sprint towards this guy who I'm guessing sees what I can't see yet, which is that my platoon was busting through the glass doors in hot pursuit behind me. So this guy just sees a group of freaking <laughs> roided up college kids running towards him. Uh, the creepster nopes out of there 
running on the patio alongside Coleman Hall toward the parking lot. Uh, the creepster is above average height, above average broad, and built uh, athletically. I realize I'm moving fast enough to catch him, but everyone else is really far behind. I also realize I'm moving so fast I won't be protected as I turn hard, a hard right at the corner of the building. If he stops there, I'm toast. As I turn the corner, I see a van sitting alone in the parking lot in front of me. It's running, and the brake lights flicker on and then off, meaning they moved from park into drive, and begins inching forward toward the exit. Creepster is, of course, heading for the van, which is, for some reason, uh, which for some reason sent this whole new level of fear into me. This is it. This is really happening, and I'm gonna get murdered tonight. <laughs> but I can't stop, I keep running, something keeps moving me forward, I guess I'd come this far, dealt with this crazy BS for almost a year now, completely unable to do anything else, uh, I can't keep ignoring it, plus I still have a chance to catch this madman before he gets away. If I could get close enough to dive tackle, I'd still be on my own to deal with the creepster, his driver, and what I then realized was a third person that was manning the sliding door, awesome! I don't care how badass you think you are. Even if you're a 19 year old jock like I was, your chances of taking down three grown men that are already violent criminals and prepared to victimize you, it's not gonna happen, buddy. My turn is wide and slow due to being in a full on sprint and I lose ground. I'm probably 20 yards from the lot when he does a flying leap into the side of the van. There couldn't have been any rows of seats for a leap like that. Creepster number three slams the sliding door shut as the van peels out of the parking lot, bangs a right, parking lot, as the van peels out of the parking lot, bangs a right, and gone in an instant. The relief of not being kidnapped, bound and gagged in that van with three psychos who most likely had some pretty horrific plans for me is now just as strong as the dread of the fact that this is still not over with. I was speechless, and so was my platoon as they catch up a minute later. A few of them caught up enough to witness the parking lot scene, but no one was talking. Testosterone has now been replaced with genuine and earnest concern. They all just stood there with me, catching their breath and making sure I was alright. One guy asks if anyone got a plate number. Not even I did. There wasn't enough light. We finally start walking back and I'm reliving the scene as we retrace our steps. As we get closer to the original meeting spot, I see something that scares me more than anything else in this entire equation up to this point. On the opposite side of the pillar, where the creeper was, where he was crouching, there was a video camera sitting on a stand pointed right at the spot where I would have been standing. When I got to the camera, it was still recording the end of the game. that's the end of the story that's why he says he's not dead yet but the person got away the person he never got found away out who it was. never found out who it was and then there's more than one person yeah there was three people thought they were gonna i guess they were gonna kidnap him and like people if you look at the reddit comments i know we've been going for a while so i don't want to get too much into that but 
we'll have the link down in the description. You look at the comments, people were like, maybe he was like into like some uh, uh, snuff film type of thing and targeted you for some reason to do like these snuff films because the way he was talking about like he wanted to cut you with like a butter knife and there was three guys there's this camera like did they want to catch the whole kidnapping and then like add that to the film you know they were making a film where they were gonna like torture you on camera like whole thing is creepy 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 I didn't even think of that. Yeah, I guess that could be the motivation that they're trying to make a snow film. Mm. But maybe when he came with his friends, they decided to try to find a weaker target. Yeah. All right. Well, yeah, like I said, we've been going for a while. That story was long, I know. Super freaking long. Yeah, I wasn't I wasn't expecting it to be so long. Yeah, I just you told me Stalker, and I read like quite a few of them. And when I read that one, like it had me on the edge of my seat as I was reading it. So and I was like, like, true Stalker. Mine was like stalking just for a night. <laughs> <laughs> my bad, I didn't mean that. <laughs> but yeah, I was like, that's a good story. So I wanted to read it. I may cut down on it in, in editing a little bit. Uh, some of the like he gave like so many details, but uh, <laughs> but uh. Yeah, anyways, Crystal Weathers is extremely upset right now because <laughs> she's been standing there a while. So I think it's time that we cut to a weather update. Thank you, Josh. This week will be cloudy and full of storms. You will not see the sun at all. The rain will be dense and unrelenting. Road conditions will be too hazardous to drive. You cannot leave your house. It will continue day and night, the constant sound of rain hitting your roof, almost like TV static. Your home will feel like a prison. You'll look out the window to try to feel a part of the world again, but you'll find no relief. In the downpour, you'll see the faint silhouette of someone looking back at you. Maybe it's your mind playing tricks. But as the days pass, it never leaves. Always there, always watching. You can't sleep. What does it want? That is this week's weather. Back to you. All right, we appreciate it, Crystal. Uh, We will see you right after this commercial break. Have you seen a smiling man in your bedroom at night? Have you been told it's just the government conspiracy known as sleep paralysis? Perhaps you've seen him on the side of the road at night while driving or hitchhiking in the middle of the day. People all over the world have seen the smiling man just like you. And every non-believer has a different excuse to make you feel like you're losing your mind. Beloved, we believe you. We love you. We accept you. Call us at 858-215-4455 and let us know about your experience with the smiling man or any other creature in black, whether or not they wore the ear-to-ear smile or not. These creatures are real and they're coming for you. You can also text us at 858-215-4455 and let us know your experience that way. We will research it, look into it, and we will reveal what we find on off-brand horror. Remember, we believe you. I want you to touch your screen right now and feel the power through your screen. If you're only listening to this, touch your phone, touch your stereo, touch whatever it is that you are hearing my voice on right now and feel this power. Together we will get through this. We believe you. So call or text us now and let us know about your experience. And remember, folks, lock your doors. Okay, so um, 
we got a comment from uh, Tom Spall. He left a comment on our Facebook page uh, in regards to the Whistler story, which was uh, going back to our first episode that we did. He says... We're not supposed to talk about it anymore. Sorry, we got a comment from a listener. He says, um, I'm just saying. (sighs) Around 2010 or so, my wife and I were up at my old elementary school that I taught at. I was grading papers and we were cleaning up my classroom. It was late at night, around 9 or 10, pitch dark outside and inside the building. The building had these long hallways that were pitch black the whole way down. As we were taking some of my classroom items to the library, we heard this exact whistle coming from down the hallway. She hit me for. You're not supposed to whistle at night. Coming from down the hallway in a pitch black school. Mm-hmm. Oh God. Oh my God. I would start crying. I'm about to start crying, but if I was in that situation, <laughs> I would like immediately start crying and be like, Josh, why are we at the school so late? <laughs> It was towards the end of this pitch black hall, and it was loud and so incredibly creepy. Nobody was up at the campus except for Rachel and I that night. Mm, That's what y'all thought. We called down the hallway. Uh, I would just get out. (laughs) Well, you're out of school. You know, you're like, okay, it's just like, you like know. maybe it's a janitor. Yeah, Don't exactly. Care. Going yeah. home. We called down the hallway, but nobody replied. We called a second time. Or no, no, no. We called down the hallway, but nobody replied. A second time, the whistle sounded. This time, not as loud. Oh, it's getting closer to What home. does that mean? It's getting closer. We ran back to my classroom, grabbed the rest of my things, called it a night. Leave them. Called. Leave the things. Just go. Leave the things. (laughs) You over here tearing up, boy. (laughs) I tear up when I hear scary stuff. Oh, my God. Yeah. So literally, and I told him, I was like, chills. This is getting creepy. Yeah. So he freaked out of school. Heard that exact whistle, and like, uh, his I was talking to his wife Rachel, and she was saying the same thing. Like she was like, "Yeah, it was like, like that exact whistle, like that they heard on our episode." They were like, "This is creepy." Uh, I'm just not going to work in the dark anymore. <laughs> <laughs> uh, which sucks. I like going in early because I get bothered less. But yeah. you know, now I'm yeah. too scared to walk out to the car. Man, if y'all haven't heard the Whistler episode of Off Brand Horror, go check that out. We'll have it linked at the end of in the description and at the end of the video. We'll have it pop up here. But oh man, yeah. And so that brings up something else. Um, if you if you work at a school, I'm sure there's a lot of creepy stuff that has happened at schools. You know, so give us a call um, at our number eight five eight two one five four four five five. 
Ah, oh, you finally got it memorized. Got it memorized. Or uh, you can tell. Okay, and here's another thing about that number that we found out recently. Uh, there's a three-minute limit on the voicemail, unfortunately. We didn't know that, but there is a three-minute limit. So it will tell you. She'll be like, you know, the computer voice will come on and be like, thank you, goodbye. So just call back and finish your message if it's longer than three minutes. Or uh, you can finish by sending us an email or texting that number. You can text that number uh, because, you know, we realize that it's ancient to send people emails. But if you want to send an email, offbrandhorror at gmail.com. Or call us, leave us a voicemail. We will play your voicemail on the episode. Um, 215 or 218, I said it earlier. <laughs> and uh, Or you can text that number as well. Uh, so do that if you've had any creepy experience, but I'm interested if teachers or other uh, school employees have been at school after dark and had some creepy stuff happen. I'm interested in that. So let us know. Uh, maybe your sister has some stuff because she works at a school, you know, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, um, this has been a longer episode, but here we go next week. It is October. Halloween season begins and uh, it's it, we're going to have some special episodes, some special things that happen during the episodes. You're going to want to tune in. It's Halloween season. We're excited. We hope you're excited. And we will see you next week on Off Brand Horror. Goodbye. I don't know about you guys, but I'm not afraid to admit when it's time to turn on the lights. And also when it's time to grab pumpkin spice everything. Don't be that guy who denies the wonderful taste of a pumpkin spice latte. Just shut up and let people enjoy things. We'll see you next week, the beginning of Halloween season, right here on Off Brand Horror. Let's go get some pumpkin spice lattes. Let's go. Come on.